All right. It is good to see everybody here this morning. And it is uh, good to see the Cleghorns finally come by. Yeah. Hold down for them. The nomadic life. Oh, you guys, it is good to have church together. You know, realistically, you know, meeting even just some every Sunday morning, we see each other more than sometimes some parts of our family, right? And uh, it is good to have you as part of my family, and I'm glad to be a part of your family. And in saying that, I will be over for lunch today. I'm kidding. If you have never filled out one of these, they're called greeters card, connection cards. And uh, what we're doing is we're trying to connect with everybody. And not only if this is your first time, but if you never filled one of these out, periodically we have things during the the month uh, called the link for the the men in different age groups. We'll go out to eat and uh, we always have a big agenda. Here's the agenda. You eat, talk, and then go home. Okay, Men love that. And, uh, but anyway, then there's ladies things that are being planned this, um, coming fall. And we have some things coming up in the month of October, uh, the 20th, we're going to start a campaign called, uh, on hope. And, uh, we just kind of want to announce that and to kick that off. And we have some guest speakers coming in the month of, uh, of, uh, September, end of September and uh, beginning of October. I should say mostly in October, and uh, so there's all things that are happening, and we want to keep you connected with some of that. If you're not uh, part of the Facebook group, join the Facebook group, and then uh, you'll get some updates during the, the week and month, and instead of finding out that your, you know, classmate just won an award, you can also find out that all your church people want you to be a part of the chapel and some of the things that we're doing. So the connection card in front of you is very important that we have your information um, so that we can send out some stuff and email and Facebook and different things like that. Well, today is Labor Day. Do you know why the United States has a holiday called Labor Day? And you could probably just think about it a few minutes and come up with the answer. It is to really honor and celebrate all the people that have worked and labored hard in the United States, making it a a land of uh, prosperity and and peace. And, uh, you know, so this is a time where, you know, our country just has a holiday, a day off. Uh, you, You know that our God is a God of party. So you you think, what? If you go and look at all the festivals that he set up, it's an amazing amount of time that they just got together and had fellowship and ate. And the most important thing was that they thanked God and remembered all the things that he was doing. This morning, we have a a, a special speaker. His name is Luke Miller, and he's going to come now, and he's going to speak on your identity. Let's give him a hand. Thank you, Dad. Well, the hardest thing for me to do is start, if you've ever uh, done any public speaking or anything. Um, That's always a tough thing. Um, I heard a joke, uh, so I'll start with that. Um, I heard a joke, and hopefully I can get it right. There was this archaeologist in uh, New York, 
that he trying to figure something out, trying to study. And so he digs down 10 feet deep, and he finds some copper wiring. And he comes to the conclusion that New York City, 100 years ago, had an extensive uh, phone line program, a whole, whole networking thing. And so not to be outdone, a, a Chicago man comes together and says, well, let's see what I got. So he digs down 20 feet and finds copper wire and comes to the conclusion that uh, Chicago had an extensive network of telecommunications for 200, uh, further back 200 years. And so a uh, smart rancher seeing this in the uh, newspaper in Texas uh, digs down 30 feet on his farm and he finds nothing and comes to the conclusion that Texas was wireless 300 years ago. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Well, it's good to see you this morning. If I haven't said it in a while, I love you guys. It's good to see you all. And uh, today, if I, if I could title, this is funny, I'm typically my hat that I wear is I'm, I'm in, the, in the sound booth, and I, so I put together the tech as best I can. Um, so if there's a problem, don't beat me up too bad. But um, that's, that's my role in a lot of ways. So um, I put together my own slideshow today, and <laughs> I forgot my uh, sermon title. So my sermon, the, mes- the message uh, uh, title will be, Who Are You? And so uh, I, I want to visit that. And the three uh, verses that we're going to kind of revolve around today is going to be uh, Genesis 3, and Luke 4, and then I want to quantify that with uh, Romans 5. Satan in our lives, um, he, he attacks the things that he's afraid of. He attacks what, we, what, what he sees as being successful or being something that's going to cause him some problems in the future. And he does this in many ways, and I'm sure we can think of uh, ways that he attacks us personally um, in our lives across the board. But one of the most prolific ways that he does it is he, he brings questions. And he starts with questions, and these questions um, start just to bring us into a, a place of doubt and then ultimately disbelief. <clears throat> and that disbelief takes us into a point that really we end up in a place that we should never be in a place that we're far from God and we we don't know how we got there. And he does this because he's so concerned about whatever whatever it is, if it's it's your family, if it's your finances, whatever it is, your prosperous life, he attacks these areas because if he can get you to turn inwardly instead of upwardly, he's got you and he can transform everything in his direction. Because all good things come from God, and and we get tricked a lot of times. In in my life, I've I've had um, surprisingly for the young man that I'm at, I've had some pretty interesting things happen to me, and I'll say that um, because I don't want to give Satan any glory. But I've had some things happen that I'm like, what happened? Where where did I get get off the road? What 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 brought me to this place? Um, whatever it may be. I, I mean, I had, a, I had a business, I have a whole bunch of things in my life. And in those points that I just didn't feel like everything came together the way I thought it ought to, 
it started to bring questions, and I felt like if I wasn't careful, um, and I can think of a few times, I felt like, wrongly, but I felt like I needed to fix whatever was going on, and I started to internalize. I started to give really a debrief of whatever happened, if it was you know good, bad, the past. I started bringing all that back, what I had done, what I was doing, and how I could fix it. And that makes so much sense, but the fact of the matter is, is if I would have stopped what I was doing and just looked up and gone, God, and whenever I did, my, things started lining out. <laughs> things started coming together. And if I would have done that right away, it's amazing how our lives line up. I remember a situation in my life where it felt like the actual walls were closing in on me. And I just quite simply removed myself from the situation completely. I left the area, the, the situation I was in, in a major way. And I took uh, about a month off of life. So I, I work, whatever. I just kind of stepped back completely and said, you know what? And I was fortunate to do that. I had support in my life to do that. And I stepped back and I, I, I fasted, I prayed, I, I got with God to a point that I, and I don't really know, there wasn't a day that I can think of, but all of a sudden my life just started to line up. Everything started to come in line. Every start, everything in my life started to become obedient to whatever God was saying. And it, it's amazing how that happens whenever we stop turning inwardly and we turn upward. Uh, in Romans 5, 12, I want to I go there and start before we go to uh, Genesis or Luke. Every time I preach on uh, Wednesday nights, um, now it's so much fun. And some of you guys will know what I'm talking about here in a second. I, I have a one-year-old. I love him so much. And whenever I preach, he preaches with me. So if you hear him, if you hear him with me, you know, you'll, you'll know what's going on. I can find it. <laughs> it's always harder with one hand, right? Okay, so in Romans 5, 12, <clears throat> it says, Therefore, just as centered in the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men, because all have sinned uh, before the law was even given. Sin was in the world, but sin was not taken into an account because there was no law. Nevertheless, death reigned, Death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who had not sinned or broken any commandment, like Adam did. And Adam's pattern was the pattern of the one to come. Uh, verse 15, But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, Overflow to the many. Again, the gift of God is not like the result of one man's sin. The judgment flowed, followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. The gift that God gave us, he, he died on the cross, it brought justification. For if by the trespasses of one man death reigned through the one man, how much more will the 
will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace of the gift of righteousness reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ. Consistently, or consequentially, I should say, or con- help me that. Consequentially, just as one man, just as one, just as a result of one trespass was the condemnation for all, so also is the result of the act of righteousness was the justification that brings life to all men, brings life to us. For just as those who are disobedient of the one man were made sinners, also through the obedience of one man, Jesus, the many were made righteous. Amen. So we look at that, and and if uh, in verse, let's see... In verse 15, let's see, it says right there, uh, reigning over life. Jesus wanted to come here to give us the, the ability to reign over our life. And I'll find that here in a second. I had a uh, different slideshow, but you guys will find it here in a second. Um, let's see, I just want to find that real quick before we move on because it's important. So death came, and it reigned over our lives. But whenever Jesus came in, it brought the ability for us to reign in life with him. And so that's really the reason for Proverbs. It gives us the ability to look into our situations every day, every, every situation, whatever's going on, and, and live in a more abundant way. It's not just good for God that we do that. It's not just good for us, but it's the benefit for everybody around us that we prosper. It's so good that, you know, in, you know, in many ways, the, the difference was in Genesis 3, whenever uh, Satan, the serpent, comes to Eve, he starts with something simple. He starts with a question. He starts with just you know, trying to figure out, well, uh, you know, he, he doesn't tell her really anything. Most of the conversation happens um, Eve with herself. And in uh, Genesis 3, 1, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the other wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say? Did God really say you must not eat from the tree of the garden? The woman said to the serpent, The woman said to the serpent, "May we eat? We may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say that we must not eat from the tree in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you'll die." Verse four. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, "For God knows, for God knows." Verse five. That when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was there with her, and he ate it. Then both of their eyes were open. They, because of their sin, they, they covered themselves, they clothed themselves, and they, they're really embarrassed. And so they cover themselves and they hide from God whenever they hear him coming. And Jesus says, or God says to them in verse 9, 
But the Lord called to the man, where are you? God didn't ask because he didn't know where he was. It's because Adam didn't know where he was. Adam had gotten out of a place that he was supposed to be. And that embarrassment, that humiliation. See, um, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy us. He wants to destroy our lives. He wants to destroy everything that we got going on. And in that, he, they, were, they were just like us, sons and daughters. But he can't, he, they can't, Satan can't come in that situation and kill them. So he's trying to destroy their lives. And how does he do that? He starts with a question, but then ultimately he humiliated them. I, can, I have this picture in my mind of Satan laughing at them with God. Not with God, but to God. Look at this creation that you made. They're bigger than, they're supposed to be made in your image. They're supposed to be this. They're supposed to be that. And he humiliates them and he tries to do that to us. And in that questioning, going back and Satan just bringing that to the question, what, what, what does God really say? What, what, is that really? And God asks a question too. But God's question brings clarity and faith in our lives reveals things to us that we didn't see without Him. And in that greater faith and that greater understanding with Him, we know how to walk out our lives in a completely different way than we would be able to on our own. And we think, I would say, I th- let me just make this personal. I think a lot of times in my life, questioning you know, and God's not afraid of questions. That's that's. I'm not saying that at all. God's God's bigger than whatever we got going on. Whatever whatever's going on, we should bring our questions to Him, our concerns to Him. Cast all our cares upon Him. And without that, though, we 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 if we bring our questions to ourselves, we start start internalizing them. We start to what 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 ultimately happened to Eve? Her unbelief partnered with Satan. Her unbelief partnered with the demonic in her life and brought forward a new destiny, a new revelation than what God had for her and what she would have even imagined for herself. And it wasn't, you know, we, we, I want to say so many times and we hear that the, the first temptation was eat of the fruit. If you get, take this fruit, and you'll, it wasn't the bad thing. She wasn't, she, she saw good things in it. It's desirable. It's pleasing to the eye. And we start rationalizing. We start negotiating with ourselves on the character of God in our lives to a point that we get so far outside of it that then what does Satan do? He wants to give us what God's holding out on us. And whenever he gives it to us, then we realize, what? That partnership has brought death into my life has brought disaster into my life, and I can't get out of where I'm at. There was a uh, study done on the uh, communist takeover of China, and there was a big group of people, Christians mainly, that they grabbed them up because of their beliefs and everything, and they put them in prison. And they had two different, same study, but two different outcomes in the same group of people. 
one that had, and their lives what was radically different, is their quality of life overall. And it was really hard to see because their circumstances were all about the same, everything, you know, on the outside. But the difference was the memorizing of Scripture. That they had hid God's Word in their heart, and that river of living life was coming out of them. And in their moment of disaster and struggle and everything, whether they were saved or set free or whatever, they all were in the same situation. Nothing changed. But then bringing God into their moments, bringing God into their situation, transformed everything. Transformed where they were going. If you abide in me, I will abide in you. And God in that situation transformed where they were going to go and, and, and their outlook on everything. They were both... Don't, don't take this wrong. They were both Christians. They both loved God, but one knew and had that relationship with God to a different level. In Luke 4, we'll start in verse 1. In Luke 1, or I'm sorry, in Luke 4, verse 1, it says, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, into the desert. Where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil and he ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them, he was hungry. At the end of the 40 days, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you are the Son of God, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, man does not live on bread alone. A question. But because Jesus had put enough of God, he had that relationship with him into such a point, he knew, he knew enough that it pushed off the evil questions that Satan was asking. Just a question, just a question. Just getting stuff started. But that, that conversation that we have, if we entertain it and we don't attack it with Scripture, we don't attack it with what God's saying, because His identity, He's going back to something that's real. Satan's attacking. Satan is attacking the last thing that God said. He wants to attack the last thing. If we've, I, we, a few weeks ago, we went back to camp, if, uh, or we went to camp, uh, if, not one, but all of us, I'm sure, have had moments with God where we had a real interaction. And we got transformed. We got, some, God, I know that I'm doing wrong, and I need you to set, set me free. And we get set free. Has that happened in your life? And so we get set free. Days, hours, weeks, whatever, go by. And what happens? Satan attacks us on the last thing that God just gave us. He said that we were free. He said that we were redeemed, that we brings that new revelation, but Satan attacks us on that same thing that we were just given. And he, he, do, he did it to Jesus. If he did it to Jesus, he'll do it to us. In Luke uh, 3, just a few verses ago, Luke 3, 22, the Holy Spirit descends on him in the form of a dove and says, you are my son. Jesus knew he was the son of God, but he starts to, Satan comes to him and says, are you really? Uh, if you are, why don't you prove it? 
Why don't you, well, if you are, let, let, let's see. I think that you are. Can you, I, I believe you. Why don't you? Just just do it. It's, no, no one's here. But in that question, in that, in that uncertainty, disbelief comes into our lives. Because he's, he knows, Satan knows, if he can alter our confidence in who we are, he's one. Who God said that we are. And all sin, all, all, all confusion comes, that comes from Satan, comes in really two different ways. Who you are in God and what God said about you. What did, what did God say and who are you? What did he say about you? Did God, you know, did he really say that? Did God really say you can't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Is it really that bad? Any tree. Are you really the son of God? If you are, just show me. And those questions and those things that we, we, we have inside of us grow to such a point that we can't get out. I'll say this. Let me let me explain it this way. God, we 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 think if God, God, I need you to show me something in my life. I need you to give me a, a certainty. I'm having problems. I'm having situations. I feel like Satan is tempting me. I need you to bring certainty into my life. I need you to show me a sign. Uh, I need a, uh, a man in a black suit with a purple hat and uh, green loafers to come. And whenever he says it, I know that you did it. And we think those signs uh, are maybe maturity or spiritual, real spiritual. If that happens, it just, I know God, I know it. And we keep waiting on God, but God's expecting us to act. If I am a son of John and Gwen Miller, and whenever, they, they, they tell me a lot of things to do. And we all have a relationship, small or big, with them. And if they wanted you to do something, what would they have to do? Ask you, tell you, whatever. However, if something happened in this room, if I dropped this mic, if I spiked it on the floor, and my dad looked at me, I would know exactly, exactly what he's thinking, what he wants me to do, and exactly... What I had done wrong because of the depth of relationship with them, because of the time that I've spent with them, because of the word that I had hidden in my heart. I know that I know that I know. He he just has to look. Whenever I'm in the sound booth and something squeals and he looks at me, I don't have to, do you you want me to fix that? Is that that my job? I I don't have to guess. Because I have that relationship with them. We've had enough conversations beforehand that I have a pretty good idea exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Nothing, I mean, he's not going to beat me, not going to do anything. But I have a good enough relationship. He, whatever authority, do it! <laughs> but we, we want to have God carry us through it and we just, are you sure, God? But he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't, in fact, a lot of times we hear, well, it's still a small voice. That's great. But he wants to get to such a point that all he's got to do is look. Just look. 
This is where I want you to go. You see a situation, you just have to look at it and you know what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to go about it, how to get through that problem. And if we're spending enough time with God, if we're developing that relationship with Him to such a point, today, not heard, I, I, it was yesterday, man, I had a great revelation from God at camp and it was so good, I can just live on it tomorrow and the next day and December comes around and baby Jesus was good and you know, uh, there has to be so much more because it, with my relationship with my wife, she tells me something did you hear me? She, I, she's not asking me. Were the words that came out of my mouth audible to you? She was saying, she's saying, is whatever I said, will you do it? And did that, did that hit what I'm trying to say? Well, whatever it is, if it's cleaning up, helping with Alex, if it's uh, 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 whatever it is, we need a car, you need tires. Did you understand that I needed that now, not like later? If like she has a flat tire, she can, you didn't hear me. <laughs> but that relationship, that depth is completely different. And pouring that inside of ourselves over and over and over and over again, we'll know exactly where we're supposed to be. And Satan, he, he wants us to get so far off, so far down, so inward that then if we're consumed by that, if we, if we have it completely put inside of us, then we're like, man, wow. Satan, maybe you're right. And we start, God, yeah, Satan, maybe that's right. We start, we start listening. We start, we start talking to ourselves over and over again. We start, start walking around. We're, we're whispering to ourselves, murmuring. And we start getting off. We'll, we'll, one day, we'll have forgotten ourselves so much because we've been talking only to ourselves that we'll look up and not only forget who we are, but we won't know how we got there and how to get back. God wants us to be so successful, so prosperous in our life. He came so that we can reign in life. He gave us life, but reign in it here. No, no, just heaven on, you know, earth is great or, or, or heaven's great, but he came so that we could be prosperous here. Not just for everybody around, but for us. Because if we are prosperous, if I'm so stinking successful, sin's not very attractive. If I have an excellent marriage, I'm not even looking somewhere. If I have so many finances, I'm not like, maybe I could just like do a little side thing. No, I'm like in it to win it. If I have a healthy life, I'm not, I need a little bit extra. Evil things only become appealing to those who have forgotten who they are. If we forget who we are in God, and he, he's, he's trying, attacking, 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 attacking. If we forget who we are, sin will start to become very appealing. Let's pray. God, God, I'm asking you, God, to show us exactly who we are. God, who we are and who you say we are, what we're supposed to do. I pray, God, for such a, a, a big revelation in our lives. God, just such a big revelation. God, that depth. I pray that there's a longing and a, 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 a God, desire to tie in deep with you. 
there's such a longing. And in that relationship with you, God, everything else pairs, pales in comparison, God. In that relationship, in that depth with you, there's no need for anything else because, God, you fill us completely. You fill our hearts. You fill our minds. And out of that, God, is a river of living water. God, we ask you to radically transform our lives and give us, God, your heart. God, you help us to walk through our questions of life. God, because our destiny is relying on it. We love you, God. Amen. Thank you, Luke. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. It is so important for us to walk in our identity. Remember that. As soon as you know who you are, that's a lot of the problem, but walking in that identity and keeping reminded of who you are in Christ Jesus. You know, I, I think about David. You know, here he is as a warrior. How do you know that he's a warrior as a boy? He's doing the things of a warrior. He's killing bears and he's killing lions. He gets into the battle and he thinks of his identity. Now he's been anointed by Samuel. He's walking in the anointing of a king, warrior. But even as Luke said, the questions come of who is he? His brother says, I know who you are. You're just got a man of pride. If you think about Saul, he said, I know who you are. You're just a little boy. Goliath said, I know who you are. You're dead. (laughs) Hallelujah. But David knew who he was. And if you read that passage, just in, in light of what Luke said, you can filter those stories through what Luke said. He's always going to bring question, but knowing who you are. Think about it. David says to Goliath, I'm going to kill you. At the end of the battle, Saul says to his general, Who son is that? If you think about it, he already talked to David and wasn't even interested until after he saw the power of God working through that man's life. As you end this service today, I want to give you a chance to respond to what you heard about your identity in Christ. The enemy's always going to bring questions, and he's going to attack what he's afraid of. Some of you have been walking in your identity, and you feel like, God, I just, I don't, I, I feel like it's a lie. But I want to remind you, you're not walking in a that's what God spoke over your life. We don't go on our feelings. We go on the Word of God based on our, the Word of God is our basis, our foundation. If you look at that, they bring David before Saul and his identity and they say, who are you? This morning, the enemy shows up to ask you that one question. Who are you? Would you just stay?